This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, when Christian Hercher, H-E-R-T-E-R, was governor of Massachusetts years ago, he was running hard for a second term in office. One day after a busy morning chasing votes and no lunch, he arrived at a church barbecue at about five o'clock in the evening. He was famished. He'd had a hard day speaking and shaking hands and obviously raising votes for his second campaign. As Herder moved down the serving line, he held out his plate to the woman serving chicken. She put a piece of chicken, one piece of chicken on his plate, and turned to the next person in line. Excuse me, the governor said, "Uh, do you mind, would it be okay if I just had a second piece of chicken? And she said, sorry, I've been told I'm supposed to only give one piece of chicken to each person. But I'm starved, I've had a rough day. And she said, I'm sorry, it's only one to a customer. Well, Governor Herter was a relatively modest man and unassuming, but he decided he would throw a little weight around. He said, ma'am, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of this state. And she said, do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. (laughs) Move along, mister. I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. Now, when I tell that, everybody in this room can think of somebody in your family or extended family or maybe a circle of friends that would do that. Today we're going to talk about obedience as one of the main characteristics of the mission statement of a believer. And she was simply obeying the rules that she was given, one piece of chicken per person. And she kept the rule. Right or wrong, you like it or not, or I like it or not, she kept the rule. What I'm going to do today, we're going to talk about mission statement. Some of you know readily that if you work for a company, you know the mission statement or knows part of it of that company. There's some humorous ones. There's some funny, very funny uh, mission statements out there. And every person has a mission statement. And I'm going to give you three words that you can write down in your heart or in your memory that this is your mission statement. Get this as a believer in Jesus Christ. And it's from the Old Testament. But it works. It applies. It's in Joshua 22, where Joshua is getting up in years. He's about to wrap it up. And he's saying some of his beginning some farewell type speeches to the people of Israel. Joshua 22, beginning at verse 1. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, the two and a half tribes that were on the east side of the Jordan River, And he said to them, you have done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded. What a statement. You have obeyed me in everything I commanded. For a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your brothers, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. Now the Lord your God has given your brothers rest, as he promised, Return to your homes in the land that the Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But here's the key verse, verse 5. You've got to listen to this. But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. Here it is. To love 
the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to obey his commands, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And so begins a message about three words, love, walk, and obey, on Crosshope this week. We began our 38th year of broadcast of this program last week on Crosshope. Our website is crosshope.org. All I'm going to do today is give you three words. Three words and say, this is your mission statement and it's my mission statement. And you say, do you really believe it's that simple? Yes. Because everything you can throw at me or I can throw at myself or having to do with Christianity, in my opinion, will fall under one of those three categories. The first one is to love the Lord your God. We're going to bring up the word love. Everything in your life spiritually, get this, falls out of your love for God and your love for people. You say, why would you say that? Because when Jesus was asked by an attorney, a lawyer of the day, what's the greatest commandment? Do you remember what Jesus said? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I'm convinced that everything comes out of the love that you have for the Lord or love for people. Did you know that the more you love, the bigger you are? You say, I I thought it had to do with what I ate, Randy. But I really mean that. As a person, the more you love the Lord and the more you love other people, you become large in the eyes of other people in terms of who you are and what you are. It's not an ego trip. It's a love trip. That people can sense the love of God in your heart or they don't. And people, conversely, can sense your love for people in your heart or they don't. You know people in your life that you might be honest to say, I can't see an ounce of love in his life or her life. I see hatred. I see hostility. I see anger. I see bitterness in their heart, but I don't see love. And love says it all. I'm going to tell you some stories that speak about the power of love in your life. Bill Forbes was a minister who served with great distinction over the years. And here's what he said after he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and given a very sobering prognosis for the future. He said, have I related and cared for those with whom I have come in contact today? Have I told my spouse how much I love and care for him or her? Have I told my children and my grandchildren the same? Have I prayed for those in particular need today? Have I reflected on how incredible the gift of life really is? Have I given thanks for the multitude of blessings in my life? And he's asking a simple question. Have you loved? You know, as you come to the end of your life, I'm convinced that what really matters is what kind of person you were in terms of your love, your love for God and your love for people. People can list your accomplishments. They can list the businesses you were involved in. They can list what you did, what's athletically, what you did academically, all the things that can be said. But really what matters is, did you love the Lord? And did you love people? Did you love the Lord? And did you love people? Bill Forbes, who I quoted just a moment ago, says, when you love someone, 
you're drawn out of yourself. I've never heard it put that way. When you love a spouse, a child, a grandchild, a friend, you're drawn out of yourself. It's to be willing to reorganize your life around this amazing new reality. You want to be around the people you love, and when you love God, you want to be around Him. You want to be around the people you love, and when you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and mind, you want to be around Him. And we continue this message from Joshua on Crosshope tomorrow. That's crosshope.org. God bless you. I want to tell you a story that I told you four or five, maybe six months ago, but I think it fits perfectly. And a good story carries its own weight. You say, what do you mean by that? If I tell you a story six months ago, but it carries weight today, then I'm going to tell it because a good story carries its own weight. I had a minister friend in Columbus by the name of David Harkness. David would tell me about a minister, an author he knew years earlier by the name of Frederick Beekner. He was constantly quoting Beekner. I got tired of hearing about Frederick Beekner, not knowing that I would become familiar with him years later, his writing. And one story that Frederick Beekner tells that really is dramatic, he had a daughter that nearly died of anorexia. She literally starved herself to death, and he thought he was going to lose her. The family just gave up and said, it's, it's over. The last I checked, she's still alive, and they're grateful for that. Frederick Beekner talks about this very verse about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he said that Israel heard these words. It's called the Shema. They heard it in the desert for the first time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God. In the wilderness, that's where they heard it, where they were wandering, lost, afraid, hungry, dispirited, not knowing what was to become of them, no resources, afraid they were going to die with no food, no water. And he said, it was a promise as well as a commandment. Love and you will live. Write that down in your heart. Love and you will live. Now, here's what Beekner says about his daughter. He sat in a unique wilderness beside the bedside of his daughter, ill with anorexia. Again, they thought she was going to die. Nothing he said or did made any difference. I had passed beyond grief, beyond terror, beyond all hope, and it was there in that wilderness that for the first time in my life, I caught sight of what it must be like to love God truly. It was only a glimpse, but it was like stumbling on fresh water in the desert. I loved God because, listen to this, there was nothing else left. I loved God because there was nothing else left. I loved God because I could not help myself. You see what Frederick Beekner was saying? He got to the lowest point emotionally in his life. And he said all that was left was to love God. You ever been there? The only thing left was to love God. I think some of you have. We've got people that have been through some traumatic things and have been that, but maybe you haven't yet. But there comes a place in your life where all that's left is to love the Lord with everything that's in you. And believe it or not, Frederick Beekner said it was in that moment of loving God in his desperation that he was helped. 
he was lifted in his spirit. I think that's not an accident. It's by understanding. We love the Lord your God. And then the second thing, we walk in his ways. Part of your mission statement is to walk in his ways. What does that mean? Well, everybody walks in the way of somebody. We walk in the way of Hollywood. Some people do. Whatever's cool, whatever hip, whatever in. We walk in the way of musicians, whatever is popular with my favorite musician, my favorite singer. I walk in her way or his way. We walk in the way of athletics, a famous athlete, and I walk in his way. What matters to him matters to me. What matters to her matters to me. We all walk in the way of somebody. What do you do in terms of walking? Who do you walk in the way of, meaning you follow their example? Do you remember when you had a toddler learning to walk? Some of you, that's been a long time. When you came up behind a two-year-old who was learning to walk, an 18-month-old, and they were taking their first steps, and you remember that feeling where they thought they were totally on their own, but they weren't, were they? You were behind them. You had two arms behind them to catch them if they fell. You had two arms assisting, but they said, I'm doing this on my own. You know, we do that spiritually all the time. And I want to remind you, I want to be the one today, December 1st, 2019, to remind you, you've got two hands behind you, so to speak, figuratively speaking. The Lord God Almighty who upholds you, Psalm says. God is the one who upholds you and upholds me. Most people are totally independent, including independent of the Lord. We like to think, I'm in control of this thing called my life. I'm in control of what happens today, and I'm in charge of what's going to happen tomorrow. No, you're not. You never have been. Some of you know who Roger Staubach is or was. Famous quarterback with the Dallas Cowboys. Roger Staubach was the only quarterback that I know of that had a coach, Tom Landry, who supposedly, allegedly called all the plays. He sent them in. You're going to throw the ball this time. You're going to hand off to so-and-so. And Roger Staubach said that he thought he was smart enough to do it on his own as a quarterback, as most quarterbacks think that. But Tom Landry said, no, Roger, I will call the plays. You know, we resent anyone who tries to do anything for us or with us. Are you that type of person? Do you resent the advice, the counsel of other people? A lot of people do. Most people do. Well, I know what I'm doing. You just keep to yourself. I know what I'm doing. And the Lord God Almighty comes into your life at a certain point in time and says, let me work in your life. Let me work in your life. Let me bless you, give you my power and my ability and my strength. I I like the progression here. You love the Lord your God, all that that means. You walk in his ways, and then you obey his commands. Love, walk, and obey. I want to suggest right there three words that is your mission statement as a believer in Jesus Christ, to love the Lord your God, 
to walk in his ways and to obey his word. What says better than that? To obey the Lord is a way you demonstrate your love. Did you know that 1 John 5, 3 says, this is to love God. And here it is. Obey his commands. You're different as a believer in Jesus Christ, and so am I. We are not to have a holier-than-thou attitude. We're to have an attitude that radiates Christ. You know, you're to radiate the one you love. You ever met someone who you say is newly in love with someone, and they just talk about that person, and they talk about him, or they talk about her, and they're caught up in love, caught up being in love with that person. As a believer in Jesus Christ, people should sense the love that we have for God in the way we conduct our lives, the way we relate to them. Do other people see your love for the Lord? And we conclude this message on Crosshope tomorrow. Our website, of course, crosshope.org. That's crosshope.org. I want to go back to the very first one of love. It all starts and ends with love. What do I mean by that? Your relationship with the Lord starts the moment you love Him. Did you hear me? When you start loving the Lord, things happen in your life. Things start changing because of the one you love and the kingdom you love. You love His kingdom and you're caught up in love with Jesus Christ and what He's interested in, I'm interested in. The Lord loves the church. I'm interested in the church. The Lord gave his life for the church and laid down his life. That's what Paul said in Ephesians. And so we're to love the church as well. Whatever the Lord's interested in, I'm interested in. When I began the message today, talking about the three words, I want to have you do an experiment with me today. What are the three words that come to your mind about a friend of yours? Maybe somebody you work with, and just name the three words. Success, diligence, hard worker. You can fill in the blanks. And then turn around to yourself and say, what would people say about me? Is there somewhere in the picture of my life, in the picture of my existence, where it says, here's a man who loves the Lord, who walks in his ways, and obeys him. Obedience is lived out in everyday life. Did you know that? It's lived out in real life. It's not something dramatic and something religious. It's lived out in real life. You see, a man or woman who obeys God lives differently. Listen to that again. A man or woman who obeys Jesus Christ and loves the Lord lives differently. What's different about your life? Tuesday, I'm going to be doing the funeral for Bo. Bradley, who passed away this week, and just one funeral that uh, I, I will be doing that I know of this coming week. Not that I have funerals all, every day. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But, you know, I was thinking of Proverbs 10.7, thinking about his funeral. It says this, the memory of the righteous will be a blessing. The memory of the righteous will be a blessing. I'm going to leave you with this. What that means is, is that your life can be and should be, and so should mine, lived in such a way that when people remember your life, get this, they're blessed even by the memory of you. You catch that? 
Who's going to be blessed by your, your memory? Who's going to be blessed just by thinking about you brings a smile to their face and a blessing to their heart and soul because the memory of the righteous will be a blessing, Proverbs says. Will you be that kind of blessing to a person? Will people recall you as a man or woman who loves the Lord, walks in his way, and obeys him? I want to suggest to you, why not? Why can't you be remembered as a man or woman who loves the Lord, who walks in his way, and who obeys him? Nothing else matters. Let's pray together. Remind us that we're different. We're not cookie-cutter replicas of everybody else on this planet, but we're to be different. We're to be people who love, people who forgive, people who bless, so that when we leave this earth, people can say about us, the memory of his life is a blessing. The memory of her life is a blessing. Well, we mentioned that last week we began our 38th year of broadcast on the radio. It doesn't seem possible this program is aired in one form or another, but it has for 37 years. Crosshope.org. You've been listening to Crosshope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Crosshope is listener-supported and is produced by Crosshope Ministries, Incorporated.